Hey everyone, just wanted to give you a quick update. Not only is Curse of the White Knight on the shelves right now, but the Kickstarter for my graphic novel called Bloody Hell is currently live. And we had a pretty amazing first day when we got fully funded in less than seven hours, which is absolutely astounding. So thank you to everyone who threw in. And uh, the campaign is still going for the rest of the month. So if you want to check it out and see what all the fuss is about, you can head over to bloodyhell.com. That's B-L-O-O-D-Y-H-E-L.com. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. My name's Clay McCormick, and with me is... Sean Murphy, and we're here face-to-face, just the way we like it. Yes, yeah. Uh, we've only done one remotely so far. So that was my question for you, is did you see that it was better when we were face-to-face? Oh, it's clearly better. Yeah, yeah. I can tell. Yeah. Uh, even when we were recording it, I was like, this is, yeah. this is fine. I'm glad, man. No, I'm happy to make the trip where you come up. This is what we can do that a lot of podcasts can't do. Yeah, yeah. And it's an excuse to hang out, which is always fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, today we're going to be t- doing two episodes. We're going to be doing Joker's Wild and Tiger Tiger. So let's get into it. Joker's Wild, written by Paul Dini, directed by Boyd Kirkland. And in this one, Cameron Kaiser builds a casino hotel modeled after the Joker called the Joker's Wild. The Joker sees this on the news and, enraged, escapes from Arkham again with one thought in his mind, destroying the casino. Unaware that, the, unaware that this is exactly what Kaiser wants him to do as part of his... <laughs> this, this one's on me. This is actually written pretty well. I, I'm just tongue-tied. Uh, which I like is it when they suck. Exactly what Kaiser wants him to do as part of an insurance claim. Mm. Um, I really enjoy that this is the third, it's at least the second Joker episode that is based entirely around, uh, trademark issues. I was going to say issues, too, yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Um. It's a kid show. Yeah. Like, Paul, stop pitching us, like, legalese, you know, adult type shows. This is for kids. Like, no one wants to hear about Joker's legal claim to his own image. It makes me wonder if he has, if Paul Dini has a history of, of Litiga- copyright or trademark right. issues. Or like, someone yeah. screwed him, like, years yeah. years be- before. Right. He doesn't seem like he would be litigious, but maybe he's had some experience with his past doing Tiny Toons or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The Tiny yeah. Toons people just really uh, raked him over the coals. Um, <laughs> you know, what I what I actually really liked about this, I, I was saying to you before as we were watching it. Um, I didn't remember this episode at all. Yeah. But as soon as Batman starts going through the paperwork mm-hmm. on that dude's desk, I knew exactly what the story was. And yeah. I was actually kind of like, oh, that's actually really good. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Because it's not... Uh, they're finding a way to sidestep just having it be Batman versus the Joker mm-hmm. by injecting a third kind of or a secondary villain into right, it right which brings them together right. which i think is is for a yeah. half an hour cartoon is right. pretty cool you know what's interesting though is uh, it's such a clear 
hotel based on the Joker, casino yeah. hotel based on the Joker. The equivalent in real life would be like a Charlie Manson casino. Yes. And all those people <laughs> going there enjoying being surrounded by the decorations of a mass murderer. Yeah. Like, who are these idiots who it, think this is fun? It would be kind of it, it would be kind of like if it was a casino called uh, Hippie Paradise mm-hmm. and they just were using pictures of of Charles Manson and they were like <laughs> Does that look it's, that looks a lot like yeah. Charles Manson, don't you think? And yeah, then the we guy's like, well, parked. there's lots of hippies out there. It's not specifically him just because he, yeah. he has a swastika on his forehead. Plus, we already parked. We drove into town. This is our one night out. We got yeah. a sitter. Yeah. Let's just pretend that it's not a mass hey, murderer casino. Before he did that one bad thing, he did a lot of really great stuff. Yeah, ask Brian Wilson. <laughs> Dennis Wilson. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you call him Dennis? He, le- he lets me call him Brian. Ah, uh, yeah. No, okay. Um, oh, when did uh, the movie Casino come out? Uh, like ninety three. Is it before this? Let's find out. Because my thought with the, both these episodes is they seem very. Uh, they're taking ninety five. Okay, so I, I guess I can't claim that this is a. My thought was with this and the other, the next one, which is based on the island of Doctor Moreau. Yes, I thought that this was taking a cue from the movies at the time because. Yeah, these movies are right. coming out, but yeah. I guess that's not the case. Here. I was thinking that about the next one, but we'll get to that. I one. kept looking for like a Joe Pesci character in the background, and uh, yes, I didn't yeah. see one. Um, the thing that I found really funny about this guy's plan is that what he actually does—he's—they seemingly built the casino. Unless I, I, it was supposed to be—it was all newly built, right? Right. So it was newly built and had already been designed mm-hmm. and furnished as a yep. King Arthur-themed casino. Right. And then he was like, wait a minute, I have this great idea. Let's go and change everything. Mm-hmm. He had to be spending more money than he was going to make here. So if he had insured it for more than it's worth, which you can do, you can insure anything for as much as you want, because I just got my thoughts and insured. Ah, yes. Um, he could have been in a lot of debt and owed his backers. And he must have thought, well, if I just change some of the wallpaper and the signage yeah. for an extra $100,000, I could trigger the Joker into destroying everything. And then I can... It actually makes sense. So you've thought about doing this before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. You can insure something for more than it's worth. I don't know if there's any checks and balances on that. There should yeah. be. Um, we get a nice look at the inside of Arkham Asylum, which I feel like we don't get that often, where it's just the... The, the lounge. Yeah, the Arkham Lounge, <laughs> where all the villains are just kind of hanging out. <laughs> Playing chess. Yeah, that was fun. A yeah. nice, well, well-placed well Poison Ivy was, shot. Yeah, there's a... Vo- so we paused it at the beginning, and uh, while we were pouring nuts, and drink, getting drinks and stuff, and snacks. Um, pouring and, nuts and eating beer. <laughs> and uh, it was... We just freeze-framed on Poison Ivy on a on the couch, stroking a plant like you would a, a cat. And uh, it's such a great pose, and her, her, and you only, if you just hit play, you would skim right over and not appreciate how good it is. That drawing is really great. Um, and I imagine the animator was like, oh, great, I spent all day drawing perfectly rendered poison ivy in this great position, stroking a plant. Like, this is genius. I even got her facial expression right. And they're really going to pan right by? Like, mm-hmm. no one's ever going to appreciate it. Wrong. Until today. Yes. <laughs> Yes, all worth it. That guy is listening to this right now with a knife against his veins, deciding not to cut them <laughs> because we. Well, he can't cut them because his hand is so crippled from arthritis from all the drawing he's had to do his whole life. <laughs> That's true. Anyway. And I had him do that in the carousel animation scene from the last uh, episode. Yeah, or this one, the roulette scene mm. at the end, which oh, yeah. uh, that would not be fun to draw. No, um, <laughs> but I did like that also as a way to sort of backdoor work in a classic ridiculous oversized death machine yeah 
that kind of made sense to the story instead of instead of just being like, oh, this time the Joker is yeah. attacking the giant typewriter factory. Right. It actually kind of made sense to the yeah, story. Yeah, it does. It, it checks all the Adam West uh, boxes in yeah. any way. Hey, before we, so when Joker escapes, yeah, I noticed. So he escapes by. Um, yeah, pretending to be sick and uh, using some cleaning fluid to make the floor slip for <laughs> and runs past the guards, opens the door, runs out to the barbed wire fence, throws a rope basically to a passing truck, yep. and it pulls him over the fence. But mm-hmm. you never he, did he get dragged through the German razor wire? <laughs> I mean, he must be shredded by going through yeah, that. Yeah, in real life, he would have been absolutely <laughs> torn to shreds. But through the magic of cutting and animation, they sort of just skip over the fact that it's amazing because that would never work in a movie, but it. Well, it kind of works in a cartoon. Yeah, I, f- I feel like you could cheat it in a movie. Yeah. Um, it would be weird. I mean, <laughs> yeah, realistically, if he managed to get a secure grip with mm-hmm. that rock that he tied to a bunch of handkerchiefs right. onto the exhaust pipe of, right. of a truck, mm-hmm. after that, <laughs> yes, he would be torn to shreds. Yeah. Or if he if he escaped but got a little dinged up, then you would say, oh, okay, well, he did... He had to hurt himself to get out, or yeah. I don't know. What yeah. would you get there? It is, it's a kid's show. What yeah. am I <laughs> we can't have too many uh, <laughs> lacerations due to razor wire on a kid's show. Um, so what do you think? I want to talk about Arkham yeah. and these people always escaping. Have we ever talked about that? And I don't think so. Depth? Yeah, Should we save it to the end, or do you want to get into no, it No, sure. Let's do it. All right. Um, I feel like people have a, an amazing suspension of, of belief or disbelief when mm-hmm. they think about Arkham and this rotating door. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a joke. It's, I mean, even comics and, and animation movies, they make fun of itself. Like, oh, yeah, the rotating door at Arkham. It's like they know that it's it's, it's bizarre that these, these, these criminals are always able to escape. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, why audiences seem to be okay with that at this point? Um, otherwise, you wouldn't have a story, right. unfortunately. But I know what you mean. Uh, you know, it's, it is kind of interesting because it... it, it <clears throat> excuse me. It seems like that constantly rotating door of not only Arkham, but just the police station in general is sort of what ended up them reverse engineering the fact that Gotham is riddled with corruption. Right. Because otherwise, they're just completely incompetent. Right. So you kind of have to work in, oh, well, there's people on the inside who are helping these guys and who are paid off and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of where I, with, with Curse of the White Knight where I wanted to take it was what if the elites are real and what if the wealthy people do control Arkham and yeah. there is this scam where they do kind of allow make make it easier for them to escape because they have whatever reason and my reason in my book is the Batman Devastation Fund and this right. real estate scam um, I feel like that that's begging to be uh, explained in a lot of Batman lore but it just <clears throat> never does because people just at this point they just accept, like, oh, yeah, Arkham you know, Arkham doesn't have its shit together. People are yeah. always breaking out. It is what it is. It's Gotham. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things where it's like, is that on a general level, yeah. outside, of, outside of you telling a story specifically about that, mm-hmm. is that really going to add anything other than making your story more complicated? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, they got to get out somehow. Yeah. This case is a perfect example. Of- yeah. 
This isn't about Joker escaping. That would be a whole episode, really. Right. We don't want that. We want Joker to be in a casino. So he, right. he gets out. Shut yeah. up. It's a cartoon. And, you know, I mean, I, I think, you know, what you're doing in, in, in White Knight makes perfect sense. I mean, it is something that you absolutely could dig into and come yeah. up with a cool reason for why it's happening. And that's kind of what, what I'm doing. But I'm wondering if anybody has ever really tackled in a serious way why Arkham has a rotating door. Yeah. You know? And I I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know if, if, if that is out there. Uh, yeah. If anyone listening has, like, their favorite story about Arkham Asylum that maybe goes into this, like, please, you know, comment on YouTube or, you know, tweet tweet yeah. us or whatever. We'd please love to do. know. Yeah, I, the, the funny thing I always find about Arkham is it's like uh, um, the only time everybody is there at the same time is the only time Batman gets stuck inside it. <laughs> so it's like anytime Batman gets stuck inside Arkham, it's like, oh, yeah. he's in there with everybody because right. it's the one – the planets have aligned – the shifts have changed in the right way where all of the bad guys are in there at the same time. Right. <laughs> and so that's when they put him through hell. Right. Do you have a preferred style of Arkham? What kind of a look do you like? Um, I've always liked the old uh, gothic yeah. gothic thing. I think you could make a case for like a really uh, interesting... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh futuristic antiseptic kind of look mm. instead of that really like lived in yeah. gothic castle kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that's as far as breaking out, I think the more new and updated it seems, the mm-hmm. more implausible it might be that they would be breaking out consistently. Right. Well, that's maybe why they escape is there's a lot of <clears throat> secrets to Arkham that no one really understands. Cause sure. It, it's this, it was a civil war for it or it was whatever back in, you know, um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I but I like a stony castle on the hill style Arkham, um, sort of based on what the animated series does. Yeah, I'm trying to think: is there an Arkham in the Kevin Nolan movies? Yes, Chris Nolan. Sorry, yeah. God, I always do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do they specifically call it Arkham? I'm pretty sure they do in the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he comes. That's uh, where they're keeping. Falcone and uh, right. they're doing the thing with the water underneath and that's where the scarecrow works. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's specifically called Arkham. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. The thing that I've always uh, uh, um, found interesting is uh, is there a modern day equivalent of a place like that? Because that, that concept of like the a prison type asylum for the mm-hmm. criminally insane right. is kind of an antiquated concept at this point. Right. It feels like it would just be a prison, or right. it, or it would just be some sort of hospital. So there is um, this Fort Sumter. Oh, sorry, no, forget that. Uh, Fort Knox, where they keep all the money. Yeah, it's still a very, very, very old fort. Yeah, but very, very, very updated and hmm. very high tech now. Um, you have a lot of like British buildings that are so valuable. I mean, the Tower of London is one of the most high tech. You know, oh, places, I mean, sure. I mean specifically as far as like a uh, asylum for the criminally insane. Oh, not sorry. not necessarily the the, the level of gotcha. uh, technology, like because right. that idea yeah. is kind of antiquated at this point. So, is there yeah. a modern version of that, or is it just a prison or right. just a hospital? Well, so, you no, know, to, maybe this is what you're asking too, and I'm not. So, what, do we even have places for the criminally insane? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like where yeah. they walk around in circles and wear you know straitjackets and like. I, isn't there something with like government funding being cut and there's some scam that the prison systems went through in the past 30 years like we used to have these places yes, yeah. but we don't anymore for some 
bad reason. There I was think. a uh, from from what I remember. I, I it's been years since I looked this up. There was something a law passed in like the mid eighties yeah. where they decommissioned all of these places and right. basically just put everybody out on the streets right. and it jacked the homeless population way up. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's sort of in line with what I thought too. Yeah. Yeah. I had a story that I wrote in college that was about, uh, uh, a supervillain who had been stuck in a Arkham asylum type place mm-hmm. for so long. And then he was let out yeah. in that decommissioning thing. But he was, uh, uh, he was so messed up that he forgot that he was a supervillain, um, and I don't remember what the rest of it was. But it was it was all it, re- it revolved around nice. the idea of. I want to work in your ending. Yeah, well, it's been a while. It, w- it all revolved around the idea of the decommissioning of, of a place like yeah. Arkham Asylum, where it's like, well, this place is shut down. Yeah, everybody's back on the streets. Good luck. Sorry, I guess you put him out that my therapy doesn't matter. That would be I, that would I hope be. I'd uh, like to walk twelve miles to the town. I don't know if they've ever done that. I, they, they have to have done it at this point in 80 years of Batman. But yeah. to have a thing where it's like Arkham's just, they're shut down. Right. So everybody's just getting let out. Right. Because, I mean, that's a good way to get everybody out. Yeah, that's a good Batman story. And, like, Bruce, you know, will come up with some, you know, nonprofit idea to house them somewhere as a halfway house. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Arkham, Arkham is one of those things where it's, it's so very... Um, it serves a very specific purpose, mm-hmm. and that you can get into it, you know, kind of like we were talking about. Right. But it, it that that's gonna be its own story. Yeah. Which is cool. I mean, I think either yeah. of those things are, are very cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, another big thing to talk about from this episode, as far as I know, although I guess you said they did bring it up in Mask of the, Mask of the Phantasm, <laughs> but I forget. Uh, we do see the name Jack Napier on mm-hmm. paper as the yep. na- as the Joker's alter ego. I think this. This is the second or third time in the series. The one other time Batman is scrolling through his computer and Jack Napier pops up for a second. Uh, and then in, uh, the same thing happens in Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I thought um, Jack Napier was Joker's name. That we yeah. just accepted that that was his name. For at least some continuity. Yeah. Like when I went to... I needed a name for him and I just was like, oh, well, Jack Napier because I'm already doing all these um, Easter eggs anyway. Why mm-hmm. not just go with that? I didn't think it was a big deal. I didn't know how hung up people were on, no, the Joker only works. We don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if, if he gives you a backstory, it's probably a lie. He has like 10 different things and none of them are true. Like there are people really, really hung up on that. Yeah. And to say that, no, this is a definitive history that they're not even, they're shut down. They don't want to listen to you anymore. You know? Yeah. I'm, Those I'm are of, not my readers. <laughs> I'm of two minds where I do prefer the version of the Joker where you don't know anything about his past. Mm-hmm. But I also like Batman 89 enough there. I'll be like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to give him a name, give him that right. name, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like the general, if you go from Batman 89 to the animated series to some of the games and the comics, I feel like generally we agree he came to town, he had a, joined a gang, was a criminal, mm-hmm. also dabbled in comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, things got worse. One thing led to another. Something traumatic his happened face, to him. Face melted. Yeah, he lost his mind completely, and now he's a Joker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what every Joker generally is about, right? Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they. Uh, at least since Killing Joke, that's what it's been. It, right. Um, I don't know how much. I don't know how much thought they put into his origin pre Killing Joke. Right. Um, because I don't, I don't know how often they got into that stuff with a lot of those those characters who were already established, right? You know, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I've always I've always preferred the uh, the mystery. Yeah, uh, just because I think it makes it more dangerous. I agree. Yeah. yeah, same with Wolverine. That's why when they did that big series, you right. know, like the mid two thousands or whatever, they're like, oh, we're gonna tell you Wolverine's yeah. history. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to know Wolverine's history. Yeah, he used to be a farmhand in the south and had yeah, he was a and, he was a yeah. sickly kid who then. <laughs> is, nah. Although the opening war scene in the first Wolverine movie with him and um, Sabretooth. yeah. As they get like morphed from one epic battle to another, that's just shut the movie off after five oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah that was pretty epic. That's the only good thing about that movie. Yes. <laughs> um, do you have any thoughts about the design of Joker's car that he steals? Uh, you know what? I was going to bring this up. Yeah, I, I had a feeling. You I would. didn't think I would. I'm like, ah, I'm the only, you're not a car. It looks like a uh, wacky racers. Is that the cartoon from the early '80s? Uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. All these. It was like a Cannonball Run. Yeah. Basically the. Mm-hmm. And uh, but it was cartoon characters, and they all had like a is rat, that, rat fink style. Is that cars. the one where there was one with the dude with the dog? Uh, Cannibal Run. No, the cartoon you're talking about. Was yeah, there one guy who had like a like a butch kind of dog with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dog was a driver and had a driving hat, I think, and a scarf. Yeah, I think the I know. Dog what you're had talking like about. a hero yeah. driver's scarf. Yeah, yeah. It looked like a very wacky racer type nod. It definitely, it definitely seemed like they just sized up a Hot Wheels car because totally. it had that weird yeah. Hot Wheels design where it's like. <laughs> yeah. And they went all out too. Yeah, because I mean, they not only did they have the foot-shaped gas pedal, which is great. Yep. They had a working ejector seat, and the thing was fast <laughs> as hell, handled well, it steered. I mean, it had some other things on it too. Like, wow, they, <laughs> I would have done the same thing. Yeah, Joker <laughs> paid top money at the uh, yeah. at the at the shop where they get all their gear. Well, the casino. Considering that you're losing a lot of money on this casino anyway, why would you buy the best fake Joker car ever if it's just unless gonna... it was the real Joker car. That's true. But I guess there's really nothing yeah. else there was real, so why would that be real? Yeah. Well, you, even if it was expensive, you could insure it for more than it's worth. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next time think- on Bat Tax Law. <laughs> I know. Um, when you watched this as a kid, did the did it register with you that this was insurance fraud? Did you get what insurance fraud was when you got to that scene? Uh, I don't remember this episode at all. Okay. So I don't remember watching this. If I had to guess, yeah, probably not. I, as a kid, I thought, oh, some kind of business scam. Got it. That's yeah. All, all you need. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I, <clears throat> out of all the episodes of the series, this is the one that I watched the least. Yeah. I don't know why that is. You know, I was thinking about that because as far as the Joker episodes go, um... I feel like the last few, you know, we, we've we've been on record as saying that a lot yeah. of them aren't our favorites. This is one of the better ones. It is. Yeah. And the last few of them, the thing that makes them so good is they tend to go outside the box with the way that they're approaching him. Mm-hmm. Like the one where he drives the guy off the road. That's not a classic Joker story. Right. Um, the one, the Laughing Fish one, that's from a comic, but even that one isn't right. really a, a, a traditional Joker story. Yeah. Uh, this one is is very much the Joker is... N- not really the. S- I mean, he's the central villain, but it, he's there's something else involved where mm-hmm. it's not just Batman versus the Joker. Yeah, and it's like it's forcing them to. Maybe they are aware, as as aware of what they're doing with the Joker as we are, and they're mm-hmm. like, eh, these aren't working. Let's try something different. Let's yeah. try a different way to approach. Yeah, them. I think the Joker is better when he shares the stage. <clears throat> With something that he's fucking with. Yeah. So in yeah. The one where he runs the guy off the road, it's that guy that makes it compelling. Yes. It, when Joker's on the stage alone doing his thing, I just don't feel like that's as compelling. Well, it's because, I mean, for me anyway, it's because the Joker 
never really is about the plan. Right. He's about the other stuff that that is involved with the plan. You know, it's like the fun of a Joker story isn't will he or will he not manage to get the the Joker smiler smiling shit into mm-hmm. the water supply. Right. That's not really that interesting because yeah. the answer is generally no. Yeah. He's not going to be able to do that. Right. But it's when you take the lead what happens from point a to point b and how he messes with people that's right. the interesting thing it's never the he, actual plan when he kidnaps the mayor's son who wants to be a magician yeah like, that was a great joker story the the stakes were super low mm-hmm. but it's still it doesn't the stakes don't have to be high right if they're high in the context of this character that you care about then it, it works he doesn't have to have an atomic bomb ready to blow up the city exactly or yeah confetti. yeah yeah i mean even in uh dark knight the stakes are for the most of that movie the stakes are fairly low yeah but that's you know this what the actual joker's plan isn't really that interesting right it's put putting his ethos against batman's ethos right you know that's that's where the fun comes in well i mean when you have two <clears throat> fairies and one can blow the other fairy up well yeah okay that's <laughs> but he, but that's such a small part of the story though you know yeah, okay. like even that is minimal in in the in the grand scheme of the that's movie that's true it's like know? 15 minutes yeah it's one stunt that's the, the last thing that he has to yeah that's, that's, that's one crescendo. that's one piece in yeah uh killing harvey dent's girlfriend and scarring him and turning him into two-face mm-hmm. or blowing up the hospital right. or taking over the mob and all this kind of stuff which all doesn't really have a point to it mm-hmm. except for the fact that it's the joker trying to make a point about it not having a point right um mm-hmm. so yeah it's you don't need you don't need the uh, the end goal for the Joker. I guess, yeah. I guess I never really thought about uh, Dark Knight Returns, the done a deep dive into the psychology of what the Joker was really trying to say. Yeah. Does that movie hold up in what it's trying to do? Do you think it... You know, it's been a while since I've watched it, so, yeah. uh, I mean, we should probably watch it for, and talk yeah. about it for the show at some point. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it's become kind of cool in the last couple of years to start hating yeah, on the Nolan movies. I don't get that. I don't get it either. Yeah. I, I can only assume it's because they're held in ho- such high regard. Yeah. And, and I, what bad band do you prefer then? Okay, so you don't like Chris Nolan. Yeah. So which one do you like? So none of them? One of, yeah. Arkham I, Asylum, the game? Like, so you got nothing. Yeah. And this I mean, this one, be, Keith Leatherger won a fucking Oscar for it this. Got like, too, it got so popular and, you know, eventually, it's like they say in the movie. Mm-hmm. You either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. <laughs> so what they should have done is after he won that Oscar, they should have destroyed every copy of the movie. Oh, then yeah. people would have been like, oh, man, remember that movie? That was so great. It should have all, like, gone, hey, they should have had a chip in it to, to um, uh, when it, 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 like, melts inside the casing in everyone's houses and no one has a copy yes, anymore. Yes, just erase everything. <laughs> then it would have been the most well-revered movie of all time. What did you think of <clears throat> Bruce Wayne sitting down to play cards with the Joker? I thought that was fun. Yeah. I think I think if you had put that in a movie, that would have been an amazing scene. You yeah. really could have right. you know, had both of those guys lean yeah. into that, you know? If Joker knows doesn't know who he is, but Bruce knows who he is obviously. Yeah. And then he cheats and wins. He can out cheat the Joker. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah, and being I mean being that close to him yeah. and not being able to just take him down like right. Batman, you know. Well, that's what's interesting is Bruce can walk by and just look at him and go, that's the real Joker. Let's go to work. But he chooses to sit down and fuck with them a little bit. And I love yeah. the, the comedy it creates, but why does he do that? And what if he did it because he, he you got to enjoy your job sometimes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this will make a good story. Why he just, not? <laughs> he just had to check. You know, okay, if I were to, if I were to put on my uh, uh, writer explanation hat, yeah. 
I would say he does that to prove that it's the real Joker. So if he wasn't sure, yeah. by sitting down and engaging with him and seeing if he could trigger him to flip out, yeah. then he's convinced. Yeah, yes. that would work. Something like that. Right. I'm okay. glad they don't go out of their way to explain that. No. Because I mean, that would have been kind of silly. Yeah, no, and I love that part. Um, I also noticed, uh, so Bruce and uh, Alfred are staying in this casino overnight, and Alfred is unpacking his things, and yep. Bruce is wearing a bright red Christmas sweater, <laughs> a fisherman sweater again, like the kind yep. that he would wear when he's pre- pretending to be a gang. It's, uh, it's perpetually 40 degrees in Gotham at all times. <laughs> well, no, my question was, do you think Alfred has his own room where they share the twin bed? <laughs> I think I think Alfred's <laughs> driving home afterwards. I don't think he's staying there. And Bruce didn't even need to stay there. He could have just, he's got penthouses. Like, why does he yeah. need to be in the creepy room? It was hilarious, though, to see the shot of Alfred basically spreading out all the Batman gear around the room after mm-hmm. he's taking it out. So you've got, like, the glider in the corner. Yeah. And he's, like, trying to get the folds out of the shirt that he's just pulled out. And he's like, Master Bruce, I brought all your shit here. What do you want me to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, man. I I found it fun. I found it interesting that uh, even after the Joker steals the car and drives away and crashes it with Batman in pursuit, it's business as usual at the, at the casino. Oh, yeah. Nobody leaves. Everybody hangs around. Yeah, um, that's what happens at casinos. Man. I guess There's no windows, no clocks. Yeah, it's, it's, you assume it's, it's all part of the show. Yeah, it's a uh, what is it? You don't go to heaven or hell. You go to uh... the Bellagio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, um, ah, what's it called? You're in limbo. Purgatory. Purgatory, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so one thing we should talk about, be, I, I'm going to talk about the silly thing first, but that'll lead us into the to general conversation, mm-hmm. uh, is the RoboCop move that Batman does <laughs> to pull his grappling gun out of his, his full grappling gun mm-hmm. pops out of his belt. Out of the buckle, almost. Out of the buckle, yeah. which is like... Like at a, least a four jump. inches thick. It's like a brick. Yes. Basically. So he must have been sucking it in underneath the belt. Yeah. Either that or he's got that thing stashed like <laughs> Videodrome style inside yeah. of his gut. And he's tied up. And Joker doesn't think he can. First of all, if you're going to tie him up. And he was unconscious too. Mm-hmm. So take away the goddamn belt. Yeah. Or everybody off, Everybody always does. Or take off the mask at least. I don't know about that. I don't even know if it's worth getting into. Why Joker? He has so many opportunities to demask batman why doesn't he take it's it? a weird like it's it's almost a weird honor thing well if they had set that up in this series like i don't want to know who you are yeah it's more fun if i don't if they had done that in season one then every one of these scenes afterwards good to go maybe maybe there's a subtext that batman and all of these characters come from a long tradition of luchador wrestlers and so they know <laughs> what the mask means and why you should never remove it and why it's very, uh, you know, right. disgraceful to do so. So what is, because explain to me, like, I don't know why that's a thing with Lucador wrestlers. Because I don't. Um, without knowing the uh, 100% specifics of it, uh-huh. what I can tell you is Luchador wrestling is in part uh, uh, born out of the concept of the superhero. Mm-hmm. So there is just a, an element of, that's your alter ego. That's your hero ego. And so you're not going to tell anybody what your alt, your secret identity is. Right. Um, there's more to it than that, I think, mm-hmm. um, because it, it, as a tradition, goes back farther into, like, mm-hmm. Aztec warriors and stuff like that. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. But there is, an, uh, there is a big element of it that is specifically superhero comic book style related. Because hmm. uh, modern, modern uh, luchador wrestling, I think, is fairly recent and by recent i mean like 20th century Mm -hmm. um 
But anyway, that's for a different podcast. Yeah. No, we'll, when we talk about Bane next time, we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll save it. Um, so where I was going with that, mentioning the belt thing, uh, animation's a little weird in this episode. It's hit and miss. Yeah. Joker's face is weirdly on and off model. Sometimes he's got eyebrows with uh, no eyeliner. Sometimes he has eyeliner. Sometimes he's got like a mask on. Yeah. It's... I, it's... Uh, I, I, w- I would love to see the model sheet on the Joker to see if that the one that they ignored <laughs> or well or even I mean is that on the model sheet like is there a, a picture of his face where his yeah. eyes are really wide and it looks like he's got that full mask yeah. black mascara thing because it's so strange yeah there must be I should have brought that book that I have um, I can't get it anymore but yeah I don't think they worked out a lot of that stuff yeah that's that's interesting yeah. but yeah there's he's eyebrows appear and disappear yeah um, there's some really weird forced perspective yeah uh, One where Batman shots. pulls out his his batter, uh, his grappling hook, and he it's like a fisheye lens towards the camera. Yeah, and it's a very hard shot, and there's even like a red button for his thumb. Yep, that was a lot of work for someone to do, and you really don't need that. Yeah, there was a similar one where the Joker was. Uh, setting the dynamite or something yeah. where it's like the dynamite's in the foreground and it doesn't look like there's a big distance mm-hmm. but then he reaches his hand for it and his hand <laughs> grows like eight sizes before he clicks the button right yeah it's it was yeah. very strange there's um, one really good one with batman on the hang glider and you're behind him mm-hmm. and he goes he strafes a building and they animated by hand all every window in this building in perspective coming at you Slowly, and there's even a guy in the window that opens, and he sees Batman. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, makes that yes. face." That's a lot of work. You, you blew a lot of capital on that one scene. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There's, impressive, but there's good some stuff. Other shots are bad. There's good stuff. There's some wonky stuff. I really liked the helicopter fight. Yeah. Uh, if we want to go into the stuff we draw, I think I would draw that helicopter fight sequence. That the, was the, very cool. The copter they picked too was a really good choice. Yeah. It wasn't like your standard helicopter. It was obviously like a cool deco-looking one, but yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Yeah, what would you uh, what would you draw? Um, I do, I don't want to draw the casino stuff because that that's got to be one of the hardest things ever is drawing people in a casino. Yeah, because every you know slot machine's got stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Every playing card, every poker chip advertisement, you know, girls in you know tassel, whatever. That I, if I got that in a script, I'd be like. How about we make it a billiard hall? <laughs> yeah. Well, so that's interesting too, because I uh, the last book that I did, I had to do a couple um, couple scenes in a in a casino, yeah. but they were it was only like a couple panels, and there were there was very specific stuff I had to get across, so I mm-hmm. couldn't like really pick a casino type shot. I had right. to kind of do what I could, and I was like, I don't know what the best angle to shoot this is Mm -hmm. because so much of it is just people at tables Mm -hmm. and the action is happening inside the table right so it's like if you just looked at it you looked at it head on unless you were coming at it from like an angle from above you're not going to be able to tell it's a craps table so you could so if you had the camera in the craps table Mm -hmm. if you're willing to draw the roulette wheel side on Mm -hmm. so that's not too hard yep and if you could draw some of the number numbers on the craps table in perspective that would be where a lot of your planning would go. Yeah. And then you could draw people slightly above the camera looking down, which is normally you have in your, your library in your, in right. your head. Mm-hmm. And then if you've got a, like a cool ceiling and you draw some tiny people on slot machines in the background, that might be a quick, easy-ish way to get out of having to draw like a three-quarter shot looking down on a casino. Yeah. Shoot me in the head right now. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you. 
just put me out of my misery. I yes. don't want to draw that. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the scene required somebody being like thrown into a table. Yeah, and I was like, okay, well, if I, I can shoot it, I can shoot it kind of low, yeah. and so I can populate it with a bunch of people. Right, and the guy can be tipping the table over, so I can put turn the table the the face of the table towards the camera, right. so I can do the the craps design on that. And then I've got chips flying everywhere, right? And yeah. I've got some a couple slot machines in the back, and it's like, all right, right it's you get it, you get the you get the idea. <laughs> in Tokyo Ghost, I remember Rick had me draw a casino uh, cruise ship, yeah, and uh, he had a lot of like sex things happening too. And because I didn't want to draw casino stuff, I drew like a like a uh, an octopus tentacle ride called uh, I think I the hen- that. hentoy. Even though it's pronounced hentai, mm-hmm. it's called the hentoi, and there's people like women slipping off of it, and it's very graphic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stuff that you never get away with in Black Label. Um, and then I had people at a tiki bar because I like drawing bars. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think I had some gambling stuff way in the background where yeah. I could just scribble it in, but I, I just don't want to draw like a close up of a slot machine. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just want to draw stacks and stacks of, <laughs> of chips. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's where you're mostly because you have eight hours. You're like, do I have time? If I do every single chip, I'm gonna run out of gas before I'm able to draw Batman in the background. Right. Like no one wants to see chips. We all want to see Batman. So maybe I'll. And then you have to short. You have to find a shortcut around the chips. Yeah. It's just sort of like finding a way to save your energy within a page daily. You know. Everybody's carrying the chips very tightly so <laughs> yeah. you can't see that they're holding them. Right. And then there's one that's kind of yeah. flying out. Yeah, you chips, know? dollar bills with Benjamin Franklin's face. There's, oh, there's so much I crap. did. I did a cover for... Uh, I think I can mention this, but yeah. no, nobody cares. Um, I did a cover for a Narcos comic that they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I did this... It's sort of like this... Uh, uh, drug deal gone bad kind of thing and yeah. so there's there's a big guy in the foreground big guy with with a AK47 and yeah. then kind of in the midground is is another guy running away and his suitcase is open <laughs> mm-hmm. and the money's going everywhere right. and i had one you know uh, for a compositional thing i had a, a couple big dollar bills in the foreground mm-hmm. and i thought it looked great the composition was cool F- stuff flying around Always looks good, like yeah. paper and shit. Always yep. looks good. Yep, yep. But then I sat down to draw it, and I was like, "Oh man, I really gotta, I, I gotta draw a one hundred dollar bill." I'm like, <laughs> a full, good one. Yeah, yeah, a full close up with like <laughs> Ben Franklin's face and yeah. a lot of the dollar. And you did. Yeah, I, I thought I came out all right. Because we, when you posted that, all of us in the text thread were like, "That's a nice dollar bill." <laughs> we all know how hard that is, and you knew you you can't you can usually fudge money in the background but when it's like a big percentage of your design element on a cover you better draw that you better do some stenciling or something yeah (laughs) and i'll be honest with you i learned that lesson because when i was in college i did this painting and uh it was the stupid the stupid assignment where we had we had to do an illustration based off three words the words were circus sin and president Mm -hmm. so the thing that i did was a point of view shot of a guy handing money to this really creepy-looking clown outside of a strip club. Mm-hmm. And so the main thing in the middle is the hand with this, with this like, $5 bill. Yeah. I completely whiffed it on the, on the money. I didn't go in and do the, the, the details and stuff. And mm-hmm. my, my parents have it at their house, like, hanging on the wall. And every <laughs> single time I go there, I look at it and I go, oh, I really wish I could draw that again. Because it's like, it's like the center of the thing. Yeah. But I know now that like mm-hmm. something that focal, you yeah. need to nail it, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's, where that's where all your focus goes. Yep. That's where all your detail goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
But yeah, every yeah. time I look at it, I'm just like, man. That's funny because we all have our tricks in our head. Like I know how to draw bricks, windows, alleyways, smoke. We all have like our quick textures that we mm-hmm. can just throw down, even if we're not thinking too hard. But then you'll get in a script something that hits the brakes. You're like, oh wait, I don't have a dollar bill shortcut. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna have to actually plan this dollar bill. Like if I don't, then the page is gonna fall apart. Yeah. Or you know, drawing your uh, cover the other day. Uh, the Viking ship has to be the correct Viking ship. It right. Has to, the boards have to like curve the right way around the nose, and like I, I need to get this right because that's like the most important thing <laughs> for me anyway. You know. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's tough to cheat that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I this is the one part that I do uh, envy digital artists is they can just make a dollar bill brush and a randomizer and just yeah. just lean on the the, the wake. I'm just like, yep. there, dollar bills. Uh, uh, an artist I know did a Batman cover with a bunch, of, you know, thousand bats in it in the shape of Batman. And my uh, friend was like, "Oh, this is the best Batman cover ever." And I said, "I agree. It's amazing." But he had a bat brush, <laughs> and like I just can't. I don't want to cheat and do it that way. You know, I'm just, I'd rather draw every, I need to know that it's on the page on an actual piece of paper somewhere and yeah. scanned in. Like, I yeah. just feel weird if it, if I sell that art and someone's like, it's not work. Like why we're all the bats. Like, Oh, I made a brush and I did it in five minutes. But you, know? you could, for another $150, you could sell them the small one bat that you drew <laughs> that you then copy and paste it all over the yeah, thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I try not to use, I try to use computer tricks as little as possible. If yeah. I can, like yeah. the original art should look as close, reasonably close to the stuff that's published. There's um, I, I've been doing stuff lately where I, if I know something is going to drive me nuts because I'm not the cleanest inker in the world. And so I tend to, you know, when I try to get, you know, uh, preci- precise, mm-hmm. it never goes well. Yeah. <laughs> so there are some things where I'm like, I have a certain effect that I want. Yeah. If I try to do this on the page, I'm going to kill myself or somebody else. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it. To the point where it's fine, and then I'll clean mm-hmm. it up in 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 Photoshop. So right, I did yeah. the last book I was doing. I had a scene um, in a in a motel with uh, uh, some Venetian blinds, mm-hmm. and I had you know the light coming through the blinds and stuff. And uh, I wanted to make sure I got the blinds, you know, the dark edge and then the light edge, mm-hmm. you know, the white to for the light and everything. Yeah, and I was like, if I do this on the page. It's going to look terrible. And it, so I just say, I'll just put in the dark, and then I'll go in and do the white in the computer. Yep. Yep. And I did, and it looked great, and I yeah. had no problem with it. <laughs> That's the biggest tell for me with digital inking is, because um, before it used to be able to tell instantly because it was very plastic looking. Yeah. But now it's you can make brushes, and it's chalky, and it's gritty, and there's randomizers on it, or whatever you call them. But the tell for me still is when you have clear white rendering yes. strokes that yes. are totally clear. Yeah digital yes because yeah. <laughs> even with the best whiteout ink you can buy you, you it never gets that clean <laughs> right yeah and i get why they do it you know yeah like that's the nice thing about digital is it's uh it gives us images that you would not get using old school techniques and tools yeah i could tell one of the tells for me early on was uh if people had really fine and detailed white work mm-hmm. so like if it was something like a design on a, on a glove or something that yeah. was like they went in there and, and they like, re-rendered in white lines only yeah, yeah i was like that's, that's, yep. yep that's yeah. digital all right i do it only with like uh with, with a girl with long hair yep. if she has a ponytail and there's a few wispies i'll grab the uh digital after i scan my art i'll take just a one pixel wide 
pencil yeah. and just draw yeah. a few because yep. there's just no way for me to get that thin, you know? Exactly, yeah. That's, and that and the halftone effects are really the only thing that I do with uh, with digital. Yeah, I, tr- I, I, I try to keep it to the background yeah. uh, as much as possible. And I don't mean like draw my backgrounds digitally, but stuff like the blinds or something right. I know that it's just going to save myself and everybody around me right. from stress. Yeah. Uh, for me just to do it in the computer. Yeah. It bugs me uh, when people just slap a photograph down and ink a character over it. And they just, even if you took the photograph yourself, I, I was going through a Toth book the other day and he did this too. He must've been in a deadline crunch. Mm-hmm. Cause I, you know, I hold Toth up as high as you can hi- hold him. And I'm like, what? Seriously, you just found a magazine and slapped it down. And instead of drawing the, gra- and I know he knows how to do that stuff. Yeah. Like no, no one's going to challenge Toth, but it still bugged me that, that he did that even just once, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> uh, did you say what you would draw? I can't remember. Uh, We've been talking about other stuff. For I like said what I wouldn't draw. Which is, I said I, w- I wouldn't draw a casino shit. All right, close uh, enough. You know, helicopter. That sounds good. Yeah. Um, uh, one more thing. Uh, yeah. I, I have a crush on Summer Gleason. Okay. I feel like of all the ladies in Gotham that we see, mm-hmm. whenever she pops up, I'm always like, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Fair. You yeah. know, like uh, smart, attractive, Curious, mm-hmm. hardworking, clearly uh, something about her. I don't know. I'm not usually into redheads too, but I think I'd make the exception. Well, I think you should hold off on that until we talk about the next episode because there <laughs> might true. be another another lady that she might have a crush on at the end of this one. Mm, yeah, um, good segue. What would you give this one for a uh, uh, rating? Um, you know, I feel like it should get a four, but I don't like it for some reason. I just, yeah. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to cheat and say three and a half. Yeah. Because I agree with what you're saying, uh, but I do give it a lot of credit for yeah. the, the weird story. And it's like, a top Joker episode. Yeah. I don't know why I don't love it. I, I think, I think it's, I think it's because ultimately the stakes are fairly low. Yeah. Um, There's no character moments. Yeah. It's pretty pretty shallow yeah because as much as as much as having that other guy there yeah kind of stops them from just doing a batman versus joker thing yeah it ultimately right. it ultimately turns into just a batman versus joker you're thing. right I think that's what it is because yeah. i like the episodes that have a lot of emotion emotion <clears throat> like the freeze stuff right like in two, uh, a qu- uh, one a few lines that he gives with this music just gives you so much about freeze and yes they don't have that emotive release in this episode right and they yeah. don't need to it doesn't need it in a way like, if you're going to add heart to this, like, what the hell would you do, you know? Yeah. Why? There's no room for heart when you're talking about trademark law. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with Tiger Tiger. All right. We're back. This episode we're doing now is called Tiger, Tiger, uh, named after the William Blake poem, the first two lo- words of the William Blake poem. <laughs> fuck William Blake. I'm going to just say this right now. I wrote in my notes, fuck his dumb poem. It doesn't even rhyme. Even at the end, when Batman says Tiger, Tiger in the night, something, yeah. something, something bright, and then yeah. it's like, then it totally goes off the rails. Something, something, something symmetry. Yeah, yeah. like symmetry? Yeah. Symmetry is not a word you use in poetry. That's like that's like one of those uh, those things that they do. You ever see the videos where it's like someone cutting a very a perfect circle, uh-huh. and then at the last minute they just cut right through the middle yeah. of it? Yeah. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah. I just, and I have a whole rant on this poetry in general, but I don't know if we need to go there. <laughs> Well, uh, Tiger, Tiger was uh, directed by Frank Power. What's that? I'm just thinking how much of an asshole William Blake is. (laughs) 
It's like, uh, symmetry. Time to go to the pub. Done. I'm a genius. Directed by Frank Power. Story by Michael Reeves and Randy Rogel. Teleplay by, teleplay by Cherry Wilkerson. And in this one, Selena Kyle is kidnapped by the villainous genetic engineer Dr. Em- Dr. Emil Dorian and becomes his latest experiment to provide his man-cat hybrid named Tigress with a mate. Batman learns of this and comes to the island to rescue Selina. He is captured and forced into a deadly game of cat and flying mouse, well, literally, I guess, mm-hmm. as Tigress hunts Batman through the island's jungles. I want to, you know, Curse of the White Knight on the stands right now. <laughs> we uh-huh. can't give too much away, uh-huh. obviously. Is it okay for me to reveal that the big main bad guy of this is actually Tigress the man-cat? Uh, yeah, he's got yeah. his own like <clears throat> triple fold out variant cover. Actually, very excited. Yeah, smell. You scratch it, it smells like a cat <laughs> <laughs> or cat litter. So this episode, uh, I feel like, is very popular with a subset of Tumblr. <sighs> yeah. Um, and aside from that, it's... you know, this episode used to be good until we learned about furries. And I Was am it, not though? well. Okay. And I'm going to defend myself for a quick second here. Okay. My brother-in-law is a furry. Okay. I, I do have experience talking and knowing about this stuff. I, I don't mean any disrespect no, to furries at all. nothing wrong with that at um, all. But when you get into, like, there's a couple shots in this episode where it's like a romance novel with mm-hmm. Selena Kyle's paw on the chest of Tigress, and it, it's with this music. It's like, no, I just, There's no. a weird shot where yeah. Tigress, like, shoots her a look and, right. like... I just yeah, have this, it's weird. This, this ick reaction, and I don't want to have that action because, like, I I love my brother-in-law, and I don't... so let me let me make you feel a little bit better. Okay, thank you. <laughs> um, furries, perfectly acceptable form of sexuality or whatever. Okay, Pe- but they are people in costumes, right? They are not animal-human hybrids mm-hmm. created by a man in a lab, right? That are abominations of nature. Yeah. So I think it's okay to feel weird about specifically this. They're not abominations of nature. They're just wearing a a, a costume, really elaborate costume, right? Yeah, of like, a, okay, uh, I guess you could look at it that of way. A mascot to some baseball team, probably. Sure. I mean, yeah. it sounds like you're really going out of your way to not feel weird about kind of being turned on by this, which is that's fine. I have a good. All right, you know what? My brother-in-law came out to me as a furry before he came out to anybody else. I'm walking with him through Times Square. Mm-hmm. It is mobbed. I'm trying to not lose him mm-hmm. because he's from the South. He doesn't walk as fast as people in New York. And, you know, when mm-hmm. you're not used to New York, there's a lot of things to distract you. And I'm just trying to get to the pub. So I'm like, I basically am holding his hand, pulling him through, you know. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, you know what furry is? And I look back at him. I'm like, yeah. I uh, I knew what furries were before. It was a thing. I remember being at a convention in 2003, and I had a giant... A panda bear looking at my art in front of me at my table sitting at a table a giant dude i assume it was a man looking uh with a full panda bear face and it was an amazing costume and suddenly you know, over the loudspeaker they were like would uh captain uh wilson mcready whatever like please come to the and he suddenly looks up and puts my work down and runs off like so i don't know if his panda animal furry name was captain blah 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 blah, or if he was a military gentleman who's panda eating out for a weekend yeah uh, to this day i have no idea but that's my friend he, he leaned over he's like that's a furry and this is what furries are and i had no idea yeah what were you gonna say um <laughs> i was gonna say a lot of people would pay good money for uh, a drug that could make them look up from their table and see a giant human-sized panda <laughs> reading a book <clears throat> 
um, man, so my brother-in-law kept asking me all these questions because he didn't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. And because I was the weird, you know how when you're in comics, it's just people open the door for weird questions of sexual quirks usually. Yeah. Oh, you like comics. Um, you know anything about dressing up as a blah 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 and having sex with blank? Like, yeah. So, why would you think that? When, when, so when we when <laughs> we Spider Man when we moved into my to to our place, uh, my girlfriend's mom uh, gifted us yeah. a session with an interior designer. Right. Which waste of time. Um, but she, you know, she had her, her her mom had clearly talked to this woman or whatever, and uh, uh, she was we were talking to her and she was looking around and I had some of my stuff up already. Yeah. And uh, and she go and she says to me, "Yeah, you know, um, my brother, I think he's a lot like you. He does he does a lot of you know like dark erotic artwork." And I was like, uh, "What? Uh-huh. I don't know what sh- what my mother in law has been telling what you." What did but- you see that gave you the green light to reveal that to me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to connect with people on something, I guess. Right. Uh, everybody, yeah. everybody wears shoes or something. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, but my brother-in-law was asking me, like, do you know where I go to meet other furries? And I said, I have no idea. And uh, I, I was trying to stay focused because I was so, like, caught off guard. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if my, my wife or fiance at the time knew it or if his parents knew. Um, and I didn't know. Like, I asked him, like, how do you know if the animal you're about to hook up with is a male or a female? Mm-hmm. And he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and okay. like, do you use Velcro for the flap? Do you use buttons? Do you use zipper? I mean, you know. And you were asking him this. I was he, asking w- him. he wasn't asking you this. I was storm uh, brainstorming with him because I just, this is what I do is I just like to think of weird problems and try sure. to solve them. And sure. I kept throwing questions at him. He's like, I, I never thought of that. It's a good question. I think Velcro would be kind of itchy and, you know. I think maybe snaps would be the easiest way to go. Easy to clean, <laughs> like just stuff like that. You should feel. I hope you feel good about that because you probably you probably helped him brainstorm whatever his eventual uh, right. outfit was. So I asked him uh, what animal was he going to be, and he's like, "Well, I I borrowed a wolf costume once, which is a big no no. You're not supposed to borrow oh, a costume. I mean, why would you want to borrow a costume? It wasn't the full uh, uh, onesie type thing. It okay. was like a mask and a few uh, gloves, and it was like." You know, for step one, sure. being a furry. Very, sure. Yeah. The, not, not the, the whole thing. The starter pack. Yeah, starter yeah. pack. <laughs> you know, the Halloween costume. Uh, and uh, he said he borrowed it, but he wasn't supposed, you're not supposed to do that. But this girl who was a friend of his, I think he was trying to get with her or whatever. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'm a furry, whatever. So they mm-hmm. wolf, wolfed out together and went and howled at the moon. And it was one of the most liberating experiences ever had. Oh. Which to me sounds weird, but to him, you know, whatever. Sure. Whatever blows your hair back, man. Yeah, whatever, man. Um, so then I said, well, what adult, what uh, animal do you want to be? And he was thinking, and I'm like, how about a dragon? And he's like, you can't be a dragon, Sean. Dragons aren't real. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> so okay. no mythical creatures. Hard line there. Yeah. Has to be a real thing that exists in the wild. Didn't Otherwise, it's weird. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. even like, do they, what about unicorns? Nope. Unicorns really? aren't real, Clay. <laughs> I would I would be shocked if they didn't allow unicorns. Well, this is the weird crossover between furry people and bronies. Go on. And I'm, I'm sure there's people listening to the radio right now, like, losing their minds because they know the rules better than I do. And I'm sure I'm getting it all wrong. Uh, and I apologize if I get the rules wrong. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. I just, I'm fascinated by this. I really do. It is very interesting. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, you can't be, if, if you're a purist furry, you have to make your own costume. You cannot send away for it and pay someone else to, to make it for you. You it's cannot much, borrow much a like, costume. much like Star Wars groups in that way. Yeah, that's right. There's, there's definitely a Venn diagram with all of these groups we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I mean, what was Chewbacca if not 
an early right. furry, right? It was a Yeti costume. And then yes. they're like, well, Yetis aren't real. So he's like, well, fuck it. I'm just going to join the Star Wars friends. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> so uh, we get he decides <clears throat> he wants to be uh, an otter. Because and I when he said otter, I'm like, dude, I could totally see you in a pool with a beer on your belly, just wanting to be loved, sure. just being cute, and that's yeah, that's how you connect with people. And like, yeah, you know what? Wasn't <laughs> expecting to have this conversation tonight, but sure, here we are. <laughs> so I got back, and uh, he and his and my parents-in-law were staying with us mm-hmm. in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn, which you know that place. Yep. I had people all over my living room that were my wife's family, and he's on his computer. And he's t- taffing away, looking at something. Suddenly, he turns his laptop around, and I'm looking at furry porn. Yeah. It's five feet away are his mom and dad watching TV. So I'm like, can they not see the angle of the screen? Uh, do are they? Do they know he's a furry? Uh, does he realize that not only did he pull a furry art, but it's like sex furry? Oh, my. So his mom leans forward, and she's like, what do you got over there? And this, she's a great mom, loves to sew things for her kids, loves to make his costume. And she looks at, so he tilts it towards her, and I'm just like biting my tongue, like, what is going to happen next? And she looks at it, she's like, don't pay for one of those, I'll make you one. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think she saw the penetration happening in other parts of the screen. I don't know, or she's the best mom ever. So okay, so this wasn't like <laughs> this wasn't like your uh, deep dive on deviant art drawing no, furry this porn. Landed this landed in my like, lap. Like one crazy weekend, I, I learned a lot about furries. This was like a picture of yeah. two actual people yes. in costumes. Yes. So I, and I thought there's got to be a documentary about this, mm-hmm. like the the Bronies documentary, or this. Like, why wouldn't you have? Like, I would like to know about this stuff too. But as far as I know, I mean, at the time, this is like eight years ago. There was nothing, nowhere to go if you're a furry. Yeah. Uh, no chat rooms, no this, no that. Now there are places to go, and he's he's figured it out. So do you want the, the answer... to pitch your website? <laughs> so the way you know if it's a lady or a man inside, uh, male or female inside the costume, sure. is eyelashes. Interesting. I thought it would be like a blue or a, a pink hat. <laughs> <laughs> but animals don't wear hats, Clay. Yeah, well, good point. <laughs> uh, the, I, the eyelashes thing is actually makes sense. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going off of like cartoon rules at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. But my understanding was, and I'll end this now, is uh, it was a great way to for insecure people who are not awkward, who are kind of awkward to mm-hmm. meet up with each other. All consenting adults. You know, again, God bless. Awesome. Yeah. Um, most of them just use it as like ways to interact and be social. As far as like massive furry gangbangs, I don't <laughs> think that's as prevalent, but it does happen. And I'm sure when you go to these conventions, just like you go to any convention, people that love boats a lot, there's some, probably some hooking up that goes up in, at boat shows in the hotel. Dropping anchor, <laughs> if you will. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, a massive furry gangbang just sounds sweaty to me. <laughs> I know. Like, and do you all get them dry cleaned at the same place afterwards? <sighs> I know. I don't know. Anyway. I mean, that's going to look pretty... Uh, it's going to be hard to explain that one away. Yeah. Guys, we can't get our lion costumes all cleaned at the same place. I mean, let's get real. <laughs> Oh, one more thing. When you're truly a furry, you don't consider your, if you're a lion. Sure. You get home from work, you put on your lion costume, you watch TV as a lion, you do everything as a lion. Sure. You get your mail as a lion. Um, when you go to work and you take your lion costume off, it's called wearing your human costume. Ooh. So the human is the costume and the lion is who you really are. Just like how Batman is really Batman. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is his costume. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. So I segued right back into Batman. Yeah. <laughs> well, it actually did surprise me in this episode that the guy didn't the doc the 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 doctor mad doctor here uh, seems to not really be a fan of metaphors. No, so he's like Catwoman. Yeah, huh. 
I don't think so, lady. I'm going to make that literal. So I was surprised when Batman showed up, he wasn't like, you're next, pal. Right. Yeah. Um, Batman, huh? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I guess there's already a man bat. That's That was the biggest miss, I thought, in this whole thing. Yeah. Man I, bat should have been involved more. I'm not the big island of Dr. Monroe type guy. I don't... This is not my flavor of story. I think it's great if you like this kind of stuff. It's yeah. just taste for me. I'm not into it. Mm-hmm. And genetic mutation is like you got you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. But the man bat thing, I don't know why they didn't start with man bat and get the doctor whatever his name is. Yeah, and he was experimenting more. Like I don't know. I feel like it would have made more sense if you had combined all that. Yeah. Um, it almost seems like man bat should have been the villain mm-hmm. uh, instead of that doctor guy. Right. Um, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or, yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, they are. They did a stab. Well, he hasn't shown up since the first episode. The I think. one off. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The uh, man bat. Man bat. Yeah. He's in t- at least two. Well, and at least the last time we saw him, it ended with him more or less being turned back into a yeah. human. I think. Right. right? So uh, this could. He he should have been the the baddie. He should have been on his own island. And he <laughs> left his wife or whatever. <laughs> uh yeah. Or or you could do a thing where it's like he doesn't realize that the bat man bat is doing this or something you know one of those things where right. it's like the man bat side is doing all this crazy shit right. it was uh yeah it was it was just a as straight of a retelling as island yeah. of dr moreau as you can get in a batman cartoon yeah i mean if your point of doing this was wouldn't it be cool if batman was on an island with animal monsters and we got to animate that you can have that but you need to inject it with something else it's yeah it's just this is just a straight you know, homage, basically. Yeah. Not yeah. even an homage. Yeah, and I mean, they, and they've got the the secret lab that looks like something out of... Hey, Pliskin. Um, <laughs> that looks like something out of Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, the guy, the doctor even looks like he was modeled after the, the doctor from Bride of Frankenstein a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a lot um, of, like, old tech, like, vacuum tubes and servos. Yeah. And I love that stuff. But, yeah, I don't I don't really know if how much there really is to say about this one. Yeah. Um, did you have? Did anything stand out for you aside from? Uh, I thought Catwoman must love being a cat. Oh, now. that's right. Yeah, like she should. I would have almost liked to have seen her stay a cat, uh, and she can be a literal cat woman for a few for a part of the series. I don't yeah. know if that's weird, keeping her like that for a while. But I've never seen that angle on her. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised, um, especially after you said that, that they didn't go at least have her conflicted about it because mm-hmm. i mean at the end they do the thing where you know tigress has got a a, a crush on her and she's mm-hmm. like well i'm going back i'm not being yeah. a cat anymore this is gross cats yeah. are ill there was you know you would you would kind of think that there was a moment where she would tempted, s- yeah. kind of be tempted and mm-hmm. swing to the other side but they don't even go that way yeah if you had the guy who was a man bat he was cured and he had a thing for catwoman or was fascinated by her and he trapped her and he converted her with genetic mutation, and he's like, "I did this for you, like that type of thing." Yeah. Like, why don't you appreciate it? This is all for you, like that that angle. And she's like, "Well, yeah, kind of." And it's fun at first, but then she realizes that she's missing parts of being a human. Yeah. And that's a trope of a story. I mean, you could tweak that a lot. But sure. I almost would rather see that version than this version. Yeah, I mean, like you could have done a thing where, because the doctor says uh, that she's, you know, her agility and her strength is heightened and all this kind of garbage. Right. You could have done a thing where Catwoman's right. like, "Oh my God, I'm so strong! Right. I have the I have the power now. I could free all of these animals, like something like that." Where right. she she 
leans into the benefits that right. she's getting. Exactly. And she feels closer to the animals yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Right. But where this misses is because you have the doctor and his son slash tiger. Uh, it's like a son in a way. Sure. He even calls himself father, I think. You you sort of, they forced in this father-son story that took up uh, bandwidth. Yes. Even at the end, there's yeah. a slow, he walks out holding his dad's lifeless body and you know, like, why do we need that? I don't care about these people at all. I don't need a father-son story. Right. If you had it about Catwoman and how much of a cat, you want to be a cat? Fine. And you grant her worst nightmare, her right. her, her, her dream, and you, she realizes that it's not such a good idea after all. That is much stronger to me than this wedged-in father-son story. Yeah, I would think even maybe they should have had, if you have Catwoman kind of be into it and 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 kind of push back against wanting to change back to human form. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you have another person who's brought there to be turned into an animal. Yeah. And Batman is like, okay, but what about that person? Yeah. And so then she's like, yeah, you're okay. I, you're right. This is right. bad. And then she's, you know, that kind of thing where she's really conflicted and has to make a choice about right. this thing other than just, she's right. cause even she's, why is she even there? Right. Like she's only there to be, the damsel in distress. Yeah. You know, she's just there to be turned into a cat. This is her weakest episode because she's usually a very... I didn't know well, the last one wasn't that great either. The last one was basically oh, the yeah. same kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, fe- I find like she's a very determined, independent woman. Uh, you know, cats are very independent too. Yeah. And uh, both of these episodes kind of weaken her and turn it into a damsel in distress, like you said. Yeah. At least the other one, like, she was legit sick and we've all right. been sick and you need someone to take care of you sometimes. Like, I'll give that a pass. Sure. But this one is like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was nothing there. It, it was. It, this seemed to me like someone wanted to do Batman on the Island of Doctor Moreau, mm-hmm. and they said, "Okay, Catwoman should probably be involved because there's animals, mm-hmm. and probably also Man Bat because there's animals." And then someone was like, "What if Catwoman gets turned into a little literal cat?" And they're like, "Do yeah. that. That's we don't it. need Man Bat. Done. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the that's your story. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's." How do you feel about genetic manipulation stories in general? Um, I don't know. Depends. Depends what you're doing with them. Yeah. Uh, we ran into on DS9. They uh, deep into the series, they revealed, quote unquote, revealed. In in other words, they decided later after the fact that uh, the Doctor Bashir was. Uh, genetically altered and, mm-hmm. and his intelligence was heightened and stuff. And they did kind of an interesting thing where uh, how that was illegal and so he had to keep that under wraps and couldn't tell anybody about it because his dad would go to jail because mm-hmm. his dad had it done to him and stuff. So it, that yeah. was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I, it all de- it all depends on, on what you're doing with it. I think it can be a, a, a pretty easy story crutch because, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's always like, well, now he has the power of an animal mm-hmm. or now i've injected the stuff into me that makes me super smart or whatever you yeah, know it's, yeah. it's a pretty easy yeah. sci-fi crush yeah they use it in batman beyond eventually with the splicing mm-hmm. uh you can become like there's a character that's half dog he doesn't speak he's just all bark but he's still a biped sure um i like jurassic park yep when they're gonna tweak stuff and they have a, a lot of, they have enough explanation to explain like this isn't done overnight. There's a lot of stuff going on here. Like it's not something that you flip a switch on and off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like it when. So to go back to a Star Trek example, there's two different Star Trek episodes that deal with this, right? 
you have one which I don't like in TNG. There's one where Jordy and his friends from the past are on this uh, this planet, and there's something in the air that causes them to turn into different organisms, like these weird oh, yeah. frog people that right. leap from tree to tree. Or, yes, yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Not a good and episode. I don't like it because it's so quick. Like you get you get stomach cramps by the end of the day. Yeah. You're literally running down, and you're a completely different person. Yeah, I hate that stuff. Yeah. However, if it's tweaking slightly. I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. Like I would if agree. it's a subtle tweak, it's not necessarily like growing a tail. And by the end of the day, that that's I think that's kind of where I draw the line. Yeah, I as I was watching this, I was thinking like this is gonna take a while to come back from. I don't think you just yeah get a quick shot of an antidote and all of a sudden you're right. not a cat anymore. Yeah. Or yeah. even on the flip side, he turned her into a cat pretty fast. Right. Uh, I think there's gonna be some serious. Uh, body trauma mm-hmm. to come back from right they do that i mean they do that on star trek all the time it, it, where it's like there's an episode of deep space nine where uh kira wakes up as a cardassian mm-hmm. and it's like well we altered the bone structure in your face to create you a, and it's like and at the no. end of the episode she's just back to normal and yeah. you're like Ugh. yeah they do she's that at least gonna have some scars for a while you know yeah i mean cleanons have uh like <clears throat> dozens of ribs there's even a an anatomical chart someone drew of clean on rib cage. Yeah. And it's like a chainmail mesh rib cage. It doesn't look like ours. It's neatly laid out like a yeah. xylophone. It's like a mesh. Yeah. And it's cool for that episode. But then when you have people switching back and forth, like, all right, so did all your ribs just change over like there's just too much science that's yeah. gone wrong in this uh yeah. you didn't watch Star Trek Discovery, right? Uh no. The whole the the big twist in the first well, one of the big twists in the first season is that one of the guys on the ship is a Klingon who has been physically altered to look like a human. And they go out of their way to talk about how they did all of this like awful reconstructive surgery. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's the worst thing. Cause it's like, that, yeah. why? Yeah. Like you know? I mean, a few lines explaining how hard it was, a few photos of the lab, all messy and bloody. Okay. Sure. But if you're going into 15 minutes of, we need yeah. the scientists to be convinced. It's like, no. Yeah, there no, was don't. a lot. Of, there was, it was it was something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what would you draw on this one? This one, I would draw the. I I really liked the the collapsing castle lab at the end. It reminded me a lot of like a Hammer horror movie, which I I love that stuff. Yeah. You know, everything setting on fire and the walls falling in and stuff. Yeah. I would probably do something like that. However, I would like to say. I'm very disappointed in this episode for having all of that fire and not <laughs> no, lighting lit, Batman lit by fire. fire. Yeah, I was yeah. waiting for it too, but he yeah. was just just blue and black the whole time. Very disappointed. Blue, black, gray, and orange. Yep. Yeah. If they they're doing these these awesome Batman toys, maybe I've already said this. They're doing like everything under the sun mm-hmm. at San Diego. They just came out with their, like a repainted versions of some of the main ones that just look like they have different lighting on them. Firelit Batman is what you want. I want Firelit Batman. Yeah. I don't know why they don't do it. It would be awesome. Yeah. Like a black and like burnt, yeah. uh, ar- brownish orange color. Right. Amazing. Yeah, man. I, that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. They're doing uh, Azrael. What if, ooh, oh, is the anime? Asbat, yeah. Yeah, is the anime series it's, style. It's really cool looking. I think his arms are way too long, and he's too goofy and tough heavy. I yep. like I like the idea. Yeah. But I'm not I sure. mean, that's, that's you've, just, you've just described that design, though. That's just <laughs> what the design looks like. Um, if I could draw something, I would draw just the jungle. Yeah. I'm a big fan of jungles, and it's so easy once you just yeah. understand textures. So when you're drawing plants and jungle, do you... 
how many different types of leaves do you draw? This is this is. Mm-hmm. I, I won't blame anybody who shuts it off right now because this is kind of an inside baseball boring question. Yeah. But like, do you have a certain yeah. four. crutch? Four. Four. Okay. I just counted in my head. I have <laughs> squiggly five. Okay. I have two types of squiggly leaves. Yep. Small One ones. One is a deciduous type of uh, you know. <clears throat> uh, plant that die that goes that uh sheds its leaves in the winter so sure. like leafy green sure and then i have a pine needles type type squiggle okay and it works if you're like if the camera is 10 to 20 feet away or further so if it's a smaller plant just yep. doodle the fuck out of it yep. whatever most of my plants is one line i don't even take my pen off really yeah it's one continuous doodle of a line and it reads as plants then i've got so that's two then I've got palms, mm-hmm. like the drape down, like a traditional palm tree type yep. thing. I know how to do that. Then I have like large exotic, um, like big leafy. Like if you're collecting water in the rainforest, the kind of plant you will grab that's sort of like a oh, Y yeah. shaped with sure. like something big like that. And that takes longer. Mm-hmm. Um, usually I'll grab a micron for that. Get like a zero five micron and just you know. And uh, then I grass and moss and mole. Usually yep. I'll I'll take i'll make the brush fan out so like a dry yep. brush technique mm-hmm. and i'll redip it in ink and i'll get this like feathery whatever for it's a quick texture for grass and moss and stuff like that yeah how about you <clears throat> yeah i i have um i uh i'm real lazy when it comes to tools so i like <laughs> to be able to do as much with one as possible so uh-huh. i don't do a ton of pen work yeah um so my leaves end up being really brushy Mm-hmm. So I do, uh, I'll do the big sort of Amazon sort of like yeah, wide yeah. leaf, you're yep. saying. I like that one a lot. I like uh, almost like a, fer- is it a fern sort of? Like it's just sort of like the. Yeah. A fern and a palm. The long the same, one that have the kind of same jagged technique. thing. Yeah. Same technique. I like that one a lot. Um, you know, I actually haven't totally figured out normal trees. Yeah. Because they're easy to do if you just light them correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes it's like if you keep the the areas you're blacking in too chunky, then it doesn't feel like a tree, right? You know, so you got to figure out how to break it up a little yeah. bit. This trees are are. Uh, I love drawing like tr- tree trunks. Yeah. Love drawing that stuff. Yeah. Like getting really br- uh, lots of interesting line right. work and stuff. That yeah. stuff is a lot of fun. Yeah, with the tr- a gnarly <clears throat> tree trunk that's like dry brush and nastiness. You yeah. Can, a lot of creative license there. Yeah. I like that. Trees are um, deceptively hard. I feel if you're going to pull the camera back and show a tree, like in the background of a farm, mm-hmm. so what trees have a design to them. They're not random at all. They, right. they sprout towards the sun. Like there's the golden spiral. There's uh, an, an effect with tree design, like nature designs them that way. Mm. Or uh, what's the other, um, uh, I forget the name of the terms for a fractal. It's sure. a mathematical term or it's like a design over and over and over and over and infinite. There's right, a right. fractal sensibility to plants too. Um, well, no one's listening right now. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> if I, they stuck it out through the furry discussion, I think they might <laughs> still be here. <laughs> yeah, we should have ended with the furries. Um, yeah, but uh, I like tree. Uh, my favorite thing to do with trees is to draw individual roots that drip and hang and sure. leave the eye. Yep. And it's time consuming, but worth it. Yeah. And it really makes trees look Look, look amazing. Yeah, like it's, yeah. You, people will stop and go, oh, my God, that's an awesome tree. Yeah. In other books, if it's just a tree, they're like, yeah, whatever, forest, done. Right, right. But if you've got the vines and the things, and it's almost like drawing Spider-Man's web, but wrapped around. It's like same when you're drawing like computer cords all wrapped around each other. Sure. It's the same sensibility, sure. you know? Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like 
like hanging moss and stuff like yeah. big clumps of right greenery that you can just really get in there yeah. with a brush and stuff I like yeah. that stuff a lot i should write a story for myself that just plays, takes place in the jungle and just make it easy because i don't yeah. know i always write crime and city because that stuff takes time yeah whereas like when i drew off-road it was mostly in a forest and a swamp and the only tech i had to draw was a jeep and yeah it's pretty quick do a do a punisher story draw the whole thing don't put the skull in his chest mm-hmm. and then give marvel your price and say i'll put the skull in his chest for as for this much money, Ooh. otherwise I'm just going to publish this myself. Wow, that's like something that I would do. That's <laughs> there you I go. Like you taking liberties with my career. <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I give you advice, you're like, "Yeah, but you play hardball, and it seems to work for you. It doesn't mm-hmm. work for you, 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 Clay." Correct. He's like, "You're like, yeah, that's interesting, and you've got balls, but I don't think I want to do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. All my crazy ideas I send to you because you'll do them. If I say, yeah, you're like, all right, so then don't do that. Yeah. Like, Sean can make it work. It will not work with Clay. Correct. Like, I remember you were dealing with an editor once, and uh, you sent me the email, and I'm like, oh, you got to hardball it a bit. Like, I would definitely write to this editor and the assistant, and, you know, and they did not respond well to that. And I think that was the last time you sought my advice for that kind of thing. I don't remember that specifically, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, what would you you rate this episode? Oh, uh... mm. I'm going to go two and a half. Yeah, I, I'm, you know. Animation a, was great, though. It did, yeah, like animation The character looked design good. of the Doctor was, was sharp. Yeah. It looked good, but it's such a waste of resources. Yeah, I, I'm going to go two. Honestly, everything you just said is the only thing saving this from being a one for me. Yeah. Because even the, like, the monster, the cat designs mm-hmm. weren't really interesting. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's the story sucks. The only thing saving it from being a one is that the animation was kind of cool and it yeah. features villains I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> if, this, if Catwoman and, Bat, and Man Bat had not been in this, yeah. hard one. If they hadn't recited that stupid poem at the very end out loud, <laughs> I would have gone up a half point with mm-hmm. this. But that's just whole, just atomic diarrhea. No, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this time. Uh, Next time we do a show, I have a story. Uh, I don't know why I've never told this. I actually was hooking up with a girl who was literally dating a Batman actor. Oh, and, boy. Uh, who was on the phone while some stuff was happening. And uh, I told okay. the story at a DC party, and Danity was like, you need to tell that story sometime. And then after he sobered up, he's like, you should never tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't tell the story of who it was, but I think it's still... People want insider scoops. This is a pretty good one. Okay. Well, what you can use between now and the next time we record <laughs> yeah. to decide which side of that Dan DiDio decision you want to be on. <laughs> But uh, next time we'll be watching Moon of the Wolf and Day of the Samurai. Day of the Samurai is the return of uh, Kaiudai Ken. Mm -hmm. So that should be interesting. Moon of the Wolf is another furry-esque guy wolfing out. Yeah. I'm going to lean towards the Anthony Romulus. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm already at a one on that one. All right. Well, written by Len Wein, though. But you know what? Stay tuned. Maybe I'll tell a story of how I banged a girl that some Batman actor was also banging. (laughs) (laughs) You got that to look forward to, everyone. (laughs) So uh, thanks for checking this out, and we'll see you next time.